Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relay365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And we're clinging to winter here, even though we wish it was spring. And I think that's true for a lot of people around the nation as winter <laughs> has gripped some people yeah, that aren't used know, to winter. That is one of the fun things of living in a seasonal area. You, you know, when it starts to come, you're excited about it. Yeah. And when you're at the end of it, it's like, okay, you can go now. Yep. And get into the next season. That's right. And I, I'm at that point, Dave. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite yet because the, the snow is good to ski on yet. Yeah. When the snow becomes not cross-country skiable, then I get to, like, okay, get out of here. And I think you're at a different phase of life. Oh, I yeah. got I got three young boys at home. Yep. And they're still at the – well, one of them can get ready by himself, but the other two cannot. Yep. And so I think you remember this phase where, oh, yeah. like, oh let's go outside. Yep. And it takes about 10 minutes to get them ready. They go outside for about all of – 4.2 seconds yep and they come back in <laughs> yep. and so i think I, I think i'm just at the fatigue stage mm-hmm. of winter clothing for my for my boys <laughs> and you so know, I, I think that's what's driving the yeah. i can't wait just to say go outside and not and put on a put on a coat you're good <laughs> yeah well i i see that too we just had the believe it or not it's the coldest february in my lifetime in really? wisconsin no. Yes. Even the because what? Not five, the coldest January. No, coldest but like five February. years ago, nope. we, we went. This is colder. Seventy consecutive days sub zero. Right, but for some reason, when you look at the averages, last night on the oh, news. Oh, averages. Last night, I mean yesterday, they said this was the coldest one, and the colder one yeah. was before I was born. So, I thought, I thought the same thing. You can't be right. Yeah. But then he proved it, and I thought, okay, I can't be right. So. Interesting. Um, and I'm not sure, if I remember the other cold spells, they might have had January in them. Yeah. Well, you I was know, just thinking, so yeah. Not sure. Anyways, um, it was But cold. this time of year for us, it's gets, it's start, we're starting into what I call a schizophrenic weather pattern. This, this is true. So it could be nice one day and yeah. so the next The next month and a half for us is very unpredictable. Well, for example, yesterday morning, I get up, it's... Minus uh, 15. Yeah, minus 15 degrees. And then when I went skiing, it was 27 on my thermometer yep. outside my house. So we went that much of a swing. Yep. And in between, I was listening to how Texans are uh, struggling. struggling. And I thought, you know, we don't struggle in the winter because we really know it's coming. They, they got hit by surprise. Yeah. But we know it's coming, so we're really prepared for it. Yep. In fact, when it comes, it's like, okay, I get to go groom the trails. Let's go plow this. Let's go do that. We, we've got all the equipment sitting here ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have that, I can see how that could be a pain. Right. You know. Which they probably don't. You know. In fact, in my house, I have, and you probably do too, I don't know, but I have a backup generator. So if, if we lose power for a long time, I can still generate it, especially in the winter where I can get heat. Not only do I have that, I also have backup heaters that mm. I can heat the house with. Yep. They're just ones you plug in. Yep. So I have this system that looks for the total crazy winter shutdown. Or summer shutdown. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> summer, it's only to keep your freezer going. That's right. <laughs> but in the winter, I That's mean, right. it's like, no, you got to keep your heat on. and Yeah, you, fre- you got to keep and, everything and from freezing and all so, that sort of stuff, which is what they're struggling with down there. Right. So yeah. in my world, it's like, well... Yeah, unfortunately, now everyone in Texas will go get equipped like I am, and they'll never use it. Yep. Because that's, that's what we had here. People go out works. and buy those It was like generators. during the storm. You yeah. couldn't find a generator locally yeah. during the storm. Right. 
So well, that's the way life is. Hey, do you ever uh, enjoy conversations that address things that are like the elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about? But yeah, you know. I feel like we have them all the time here, kind of quasi. But you know, I think we focus on it more so than other people. Yeah, we're not afraid to talk about stuff. But I mean, I think everybody knows what we're talking about when you say, "All right, you know, what's the elephant in the room?" And yeah. It's like, Ooh. yeah, don't talk about that. Don't talk about it. Well, one of the the crazy things for me if people do personality studies or whatever i'm believe it or not I, i'm very direct and so i know yeah i am That's, i i thought you were the opposite and my thinking is really like okay if i don't understand this i'm gonna go study it and figure it out and i'm gonna come up with something that i think is logical in it yeah and when it doesn't fit that you look at it and think huh huh for example I still do not understand why anybody of any reasonable mind mm -hmm. would allow a young boy or a young girl to tell them they're a different gender. Mm. Yep. I don't think the science backs it. No. I don't think the emotions back it. I don't think the brain backs it. I don't think the Bible backs it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting there looking at it going, okay, now that's an elephant in a room because once you say that, yeah. we've created an atmosphere where you hate people. Where you if, can't talk about it. Yeah, where, or you can't talk about it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that's as goofy as it gets. Yeah. It, you need to be able to talk to people about what they're thinking. Yeah. And there should be a, actually a celebration of differences. Mm -hmm. uh, by that, I mean there should be a celebration of being able to look at somebody who's different and say, I'm so thankful that you are different than me. Yeah. That doesn't happen a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to somehow set the atmosphere where that can happen. If you're a parent, you really need to think about that. You have, you have three boys. I do have three boys, yeah. They are actually going to look at the world differently. Yep. And you need to treat them differently, believe it or not, and yeah. they won't want it. Mm -hmm. They'll want somebody in that group is going to be the fair police. Yep. And if you treat them a little different, they're going to get upset. Mm-hmm. And until they can understand that they need to be. Yeah. You know, for example, my brother and I, my brother, he, he got spankings whenever growing up because he was that kind of kid. Yeah. Spank away. And, and he would almost make it look like it didn't hurt me. Mm -hmm. You know, like try it again. <laughs> I never got a spanking because mm -hmm. I didn't need one. Yeah. Because, not because I was a good kid, but because... When I disappointed my dad, I was so, or my mom, I was so disappointed. Yeah. It was obvious. Mm -hmm. They didn't need to spank me to right. get that response. Yeah. My brother was defiant. Mm -hmm. So they spanked him. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, oh, you favored Dave. Not really. They just read me. Why yeah. would you spank a kid who understands they did wrong and feels badly about it? Yeah. Just because you spank somebody who doesn't no right. wrong and as a younger brother and i could say this because i'm also a younger brother they'll probably just say you know what you're just younger so you manipulate them, the system that's right <laughs> that's right although deep in their heart which they, there might be some partial truth there yeah, but. But deep, deep in their heart they, my brother knows no i was a bum you know that's i right. mean I, I i did things i shouldn't have done and uh he could you know most of the time when you're pointing to somebody else it's it's goofy how, how many times have you seen this even in your family where where one of the kids would go what about him oh yeah it's like i'm not talking about that i'm yeah. not talking about what he does right i'm talking about what you do yep oh i said yeah i see it all the time and i only have younger boys at the yeah moment. well then you don't have to teach them that stuff by the way you don't <laughs> and magnify that by a national 
a presence. Yeah. So your kids know what goes on in your family, and your wife knows what goes on in your family, so they can point to each other and say, what about him? Mm-hmm. Now we seem to know what's going on in everybody's family. Yeah. So the whole nation seems obsessed with this. What about him? What about her? How come? Eh, you know, I mean, it, that, that gets goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading an article, a research article. It was uh, general in nature. But it was talking about the differences between boys and girls and how they, they respond to social media. Mm-hmm. Do you think that boys and girls respond to social media differently? I would imagine so. I mean, I really never haven't gone down that rabbit trail, but yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, according to the study, they really do. Yeah. Um, actually, when you look at relationships in life, there is a difference between how males usually treat each other yeah. and how females treat each other. Mm-hmm. There really is. It's not uncommon. My wife and I might be, I like old Westerns. Yeah. You know, and old Westerns, you get a couple of guys and they're goofy and they, you know, they're, they're doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. Then they get into a brawl. They're beating each other up. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they go out for a pizza or something. You know, it's like, and she just looks at that if I'm looking at, first, she doesn't like Westerns. But secondly, it's like, <laughs> you know, she, she'll just say something like, men are weird. Yeah. You know, they just beat each other up. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but it's over. It's done. Boom, gone. Now they're going out to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, did one of them win or lose? I don't know. It, it, it's just they're over with that now for some reason. Yeah. That's how they got it out. And yet women so oftentimes will will internalize. Mm. Um, and they have a harder time with somebody they're disagreeing with or just had a battle with of some sort. And, mm-hmm. you know, that a little threatening. Now, people might be listening and say men do that too. I'm, I'm, I understand that, but I, what I'm pointing out is the elephant in the room, that genders are actually different in how they think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how many young men I've told. Um, you got to realize if you want to really talk to your wife and communicate with her, maybe you should do something together and not just sit and stare across the table. Because mm-hmm. you'll probably communicate better if you're doing something. Yeah. You know, go out and go for a walk, go for a run, go for, you know, a boat ride. You know, go do something together and watch how you just start talking. Mm-hmm. And watch how uncomfortable it is. She says, sit down, I want to talk to you across the table. And it's one of those moments. Yeah. You know, men are just wired a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun to know. My wife sees that difference, uh, appreciates it, I think. Mm-hmm. She appreciates it. I'm not. She never said she didn't. Yeah. So, um, and I think we and our culture need to start focusing more on the diversity that's out there, the the differences that are out there that are healthy. Yeah. And enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So you've got today at class at Nicolay Bible Institute, I am going to put up artwork. I, I always start the class with some crazy um, illustration. Illustration. Well, <clears throat> just. Uh, PowerPoint it's crazy slides. something. Oh, yeah. okay. Every uh, class. Usually. I mean, things that normally the kids will quote me on. It's normally something I find. I do pictures and say, don't be this guy. Don't do that. And oh, it's okay. something stupid that yeah. they're doing. Well, today I'm going to focus on artwork that brought in millions of dollars that I could have painted. Like duct taping a banana to a wall? Yeah, that stuff. I mean. <laughs> there, Wasn't that last year? I don't know, man. There there are things. I, I pulled up some pictures and I thought, this thing sells for millions of dollars. I could have done this while sleeping. 
You know what I mean? It's like, so I, I'm totally confused as to what brings value yeah. to, to a art. piece of art. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, that's an elephant in the room. Can you imagine going to an art gallery with me? <laughs> I would actually love to. Well, we should sometime. <laughs> we should go to an art gallery. Because I think I'd get kicked out because I would sit there and go, this isn't art. What yeah. is this? Right. And I have this flashback in college of saying that in an art appreciation class. Mm-hmm. Well, actually not saying it. I laughed at something that came up. It was, I, I still remember the picture. And I laughed and I said, that's not art. Because it was a, some guy took a broom handle, shoved it through a stool, and it was a sculpture called Broom Handle Through Stool. And I thought, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> How much did that sell for? Oh. I'm sitting there thinking. So my question to the world, is, yep. the art world, is what makes that what makes valuable? It, yeah. That's a valid question. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. So I'm going to ask the students today to help me out and- and again, the, those are the things I think we're so afraid to talk about sometimes mm-hmm. because we're afraid people will misunderstand. But how many people, when they see a, a piece of art where it looks like somebody took paint and just threw it all over campus, yeah. a, a canvas, right? And then they frame it mm-hmm. and they sell it for $12 million. Yeah. Don't you think the normal person is looking at that going, really? Maybe we should try stuff, Dave. I'm for it. <laughs> Why don't we do an SBR Insider on creating art? That's right. We'll do and it. And then see if we can sell it here at camp in the uh, trading post. In the trading post. See if anybody Originals. <laughs> Original. That's right. I don't know, man. <laughs> I wouldn't mind trying, but if anyone gave us a lot of money for it, I'd actually feel guilty. I would feel guilty, too. <laughs> it's like I would feel you guilty. You would pay even like if we put not like 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. Especially if I just got like a squirt guns full of paint. Just we- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometime Anyways. I'll show you those pictures. We'll That's see right. if we can come up with something similar. Because I know I can do something similar, but I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, now coming from Chicago, it, it, you've seen like Picasso's work. I have seen Picasso's work. Yeah. What do you think? It, it, <laughs> Like you said, it's like what 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 makes a piece of artwork go from worthless to priceless? Yeah, that's what I don't know. You know how many artists have just turned off this radio and podcast right now yeah. because we're insulting them? I I'm not really insulting you. I am telling you, there's an elephant in the room when somebody who's not an artist is looking at some of this yep. stuff and they're trying to figure out its value. And and I know I took art appreciation in college. I mean I. I did that. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny just to go like a to a city center, whether it's like something small like in Appleton, Wisconsin. And what if we set up like an art gallery, but it was all like originals to us? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wonder yeah. what the perception would be. I, I don't know. You know, and we just advertise like you know all the paintings are anonymous. We yes. just want you to appreciate it. Yeah. What would happen? <laughs> I think it would be a fun experiment. <laughs> that would be a fun experiment. Well, the art I like. I mean, if I look around the studio right now, there's a painting of a river with trees on the side. It looks like real. It looks almost like a photograph. Right. But it's painted. But it's painted. And I can see the value that's, in that. That's my old art self coming yes. out. Or yes. a picture that I put on the wall. I, I actually put on canvas from a, a picture. So I'm sure artists don't consider that art. 
But it was such a great picture that this guy captured of a loon, you know, on his camera yeah. that I put it on the wall. So to me, that's art. Mm-hmm. But it isn't really um, putting a handle through a stool or anything. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. You know, it's... Uh, pretty, right, well, I'm glad anyways. we got that off our chest. That's right. Because that's one of those, those and it, things. And if you have some art, um, feel free to reach out to Dave.Wager. <laughs> <laughs> Send me art. <laughs> yeah, before you know it, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all these pictures that I won't know what to do with. <laughs> oh, oh anyway, you know how did we get there? We were talking about elephants in elephants the room, in the and, room. We, and the uniquenesses. Now, here's if, to celebrate the uniquenesses. I want to be consistent. Okay. If you actually understand and find that 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 kind of art wonderful, good for you. Absolutely. I am not saying that, that that's wrong. I'm saying there's a bunch of us that can't even tell you that we don't get it because we don't get it, but we're afraid to say it because we'll be demeaned. When I, when I said in that art class that I, I wondered what if that was art, I got disgraced in front of everybody. Really? Oh, yeah. That teacher was so upset with me huh. because I questioned the validity of a broom handle through a stool. Yeah. So did you come with like a bucket and a hammer? No, it? but I, I I learned not to say anything. Mm. So it created this this concept where you couldn't engage in discussion. Exactly. I could not even tell them I think that looks like junk. Yeah. You know, and because if I did, feelings got hurt and, and people said I was ignorant and before you know it, I'm looking at them thinking this is supposed to be an art appreciation class. Yeah. You're supposed to be helping me appreciate this art. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> so why don't you do something other than tell me I'm a fool? Mm-hmm. I mean, help me understand why this is considered valuable. Mm-hmm. When if it were at my house, for real, we'd be throwing it out. Yeah. Because it would be a mess. Mm-hmm. So w- what makes it a mess in one house and art in another? Yeah. I'd love to know, actually. And and if you know how my brain works, I really would love to know. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. However, yeah. if you're going to laugh at me and make fun of me and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm 65 years old. I'm still asking the same question because nobody will answer it. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the answer is as simple as there's these guys who think it's valuable because they look at it and they go, Oh, man, I get this wonderful feeling over me. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I guess that's not for me then. Yeah. And I mean, I don't. Need, I still don't know what makes the Mona Lisa so valuable. It's do a you? good question. Do you, do you think it's an exceptional painting or anything? Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> so you haven't asked that question either. <laughs> well, and that's the thing I don't understand is, is why one painting becomes so much more worthwhile than another painting i don't know either you know is it because you know people put value on it and so that's what increases it how important is the title of the painting i don't know me neither i yeah. mean if mona lisa is, is i don't know i like it did it just ring in people's mona lisa you know I don't right know. and obviously like i do think there's talent behind paintings you know well, and so I think there's a difference, and and I, I mean, you look at like the Sistine Chapel. It's like, wow, okay, that's pretty impressive, right? You know, well, I think I think though that we would agree on this that art, when you see a piece of art and it awes you, yeah, that seems to be art, right? 
I 100% agree. And I think it's the category of art that's like. Yeah, but when you see art and it confuses you. Yeah, that's where I don't get it. Okay, so that's that's it. That's and I, it. And I think, though, that that brings us back to a biblical lesson, believe it or not, because anything that's confusing yeah. in life, it causes you to run away from it. Hmm. And and unless somebody can explain mm-hmm. and help you understand and help it, you understand it, then you just run away. You from run it. away from it, yeah. Because you, you technically, in your brain, you don't want to be confused all your life. Yeah. So I don't want to be confused by art. Nobody has helped me understand it. I've even taken classes on it, and all I did was get yelled at when I had a different opinion. So I've stayed away from it. Well, Dave, I think it's time that you embrace your fear of it. And create some. Well, art. I'm not actually afraid of it. I, 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 <laughs> I think it's worthless. You know, I mean, that's all. Oh. It, it, and so, until I get a different understanding of it, um, it, then maybe, maybe someday it'll have some value. Yeah. yeah. Another elephant in the room is like when you listen on television, you listen to somebody say something. They they get these opinions of people about various things, various topics. And I often wonder what makes this person qualified to say what they're saying. To have an opinion. Yeah, about have, uh, I mean, topic. everyone has an opinion. I can ask your sons. I can go to your sons and ask them to give me an opinion right. about uh, the, uh, the laws in China concerning COVID. Right. They have a right to have an opinion if Absolutely. they even know what I'm talking about. Right. So that... The, the thing is, I probably wouldn't broadcast their opinion on that mm-hmm. because they're children who haven't thought about it for 30 seconds. And mm-hmm. they probably don't even know what I just said to them, but they can sure act like they have one. Right. Um, at the same point, I listen to people, uh, you know, in the social justice world or whatever, like a LeBron James or, a, or, or somebody that's famous. Yeah. Or, and they might be talking about a host of things. You know, whatever, whatever it might be, might be the economy, might be government, might be who they back for president or not back for president. And my first thought is, why are they being interviewed? Mm. Yeah. Why does that matter more than um, this guy walking down the street that nobody's interviewing? Mm-hmm. Is it because do, do we think that because somebody has money? You know, I think that's an indirect truth about the way that our system is set up because even if you think about politics you know beyond the local level like if you were to like say say if you wanted to run for a state you know right one of our seats right you know say you know we get two senate seats right say you wanted to run for them you don't have a chance right why because you don't you don't have the money exactly you know and that's and i think that plays into the way that that media is in our world yeah is those that have money feel like they have a voice because they have the money. So so you're saying that ideas no longer matter, really. It's money. And, I, and then you can create the dialogue. I, it would appear to be so. Yeah, I think so, you too. You know, and, and I think we've touched on that even in previous episodes as we've talked about the way Washington has become. Yeah. You know, how many of the people that have been elected in Washington, how many of them actually stand to, to stand behind the ideas of their constituents? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. You know, they might a little bit, but I would say that they kind of just do their own thing once they're in office. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think some of the wisest people in the world are like old grandmas that are taking care of families and enjoying them, making them cookies and going and sitting with them and loving them and talking to them. If you ask them what they think, that might be worth listening to. Yeah. 
because most of the time they're probably not telling you what they think mm-hmm. because does it really matter? Right. Now, and then if you're, uh, if you're somebody that's well-known or rich and you always have people around you with microphones asking what you think about everything, I just get tired in, of listening to anybody who keeps talking about things just because they have money or they're popular or whatever it might be. So the paparazzi go and say, what do you think about, you know, global mm-hmm. Well, and I think change? we even saw the result of that a little bit this past year with the sports that continued. Oh, yeah. You know, I would say, you know, you look at the statistics and ratings dropped across the board for a lot of different sports. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that there's a correlation to the elephant in the room of, you know, these people are athletes. Not that they don't have a voice, you know, because we all have a voice, but it, that's not their their role of why we're watching them. Right. But as, as you say that again, though, you look at it and, and think, okay, the nation hears somebody say that. And they say, so you're minimizing this guy's value. It's Not like, at all. N- no. He- here's the real problem. We've minimized everybody's opinion that's not ours. Yeah. And we've allowed those who have money to make the biggest splash as far as opinion goes. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying, the biblical approach to this is everybody is made differently. They're unique. And they offer a different, if you understand the scriptures, they offer a body part. So the elbows, the knees, the ankles so they see the world differently Mm -hmm. the goal of a believer the goal of a christian is to say i really want to make you the best elbow you can be Mm -hmm. but then an elbow is going to have a different perspective a different understanding of the world a little bit yeah and what we do is we applaud that and we work at making them successful at being an elbow Mm. but we don't make an elbow become an ankle right in order to be okay and, and actually, I'm not asking my ankle what it thinks of my, uh, you know, I don't know, my, my earlobe or something. I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. My ankle just needs to be an ankle. It needs to be an ankle the way it's made. There's a certain way it's made, a certain way it's supposed to function. And so what I would love to see is more um, calm and honest dialogue between people who actually are thinking that God made people differently. There are artists out there. Mm-hmm. There are non-artists out there. Um, I really don't mind and wouldn't mind appreciating art differently if somebody had the patience to try and help me understand it. And if they really, in the end, would realize that I may not like their work, it may not speak to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. Right. I, I'm not trying to make it so that their work is something that I want all over my house. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't even mind LeBron James in his opinion about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering why we would put value to him and not grandma. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll keep talking. Yeah, and I think it's great to even just talk about it, you know, and to bring it up. That's the whole concept of an elephant in a room is like, why do, why just let it, I don't even know where that phrase came from, but, you know, why just let it be there without addressing it? Because you, know, you should kind of address an elephant in a room when you see it, but if you don't, it gets right. very awkward. It does get very awkward. And y- even if you have an elephant in the room within your family at the moment, I encourage you to start talking about it. There's right. so much healing that comes with conversation, you know, and just shining a light on it that can help just bring up, you know. And it's not that you have to fully agree on anything. It's the discussion that, that brings healing. 
And so we encourage you to have that. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for us here on Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com and uh, feel free to re-listen to this episode or check out some of the episodes. We have hundreds over there along with some other programs. But for Jason and Dave, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.